From the studios of Teeing It Up in Charleston, South Carolina, this is Teeing It Up Presents the Sunday Sprint. I think I pronounced it Luke like T-E-ing, but whatever it is, it's Teeing It Up Presents the Sunday Sprint for AFC, NFC, Championship Weekend. Luke, good morning. We have finally made it after this whole track through the season, the penultimate episode of the Sunday Sprint, my friend, for this That's season. Right. And the- the best day of football. Isn't last week the best day, or, or last weekend the best day of football? Well, last weekend was the best weekend of football, but for one day, you go with the championship games. Now, can they live up to either one of the days last week? We'll find out. But on paper, getting two matchups like this between theoretically the four best teams, you can't beat that. It's even better than the Super Bowl. So, that day of football, we'll see if it lives up to the, to the billing, though. Um... What, how do I term this? I think Adam Schefter and Jeff Darlington are correct. I think he's retiring. I think the video or whatever kind of way he's announcing it just wasn't ready. But, and that's what I thought when I saw Tom Sr.'s post. Because that quote would make it seem like, okay, he is, that's just, you know, the dad saying, hold on, hold your horses. But then all the stuff with the Bucks gave me a little bit of doubt. But man, I think this is orchestrated. It wouldn't be Tom Brady if it isn't orchestrated. I really think that he is retiring and that this is official. All the parties know and they've just been lying to us humans. Yeah, if you asked me two days ago, I would have said no. I did not think he was going to retire this offseason or even this quickly. Uh, but after yesterday, I agree with you that I do think he's going to retire. He just was not happy that the news got out yet. And now I think a lot of parties are trying to save face to, so he can have his official moment. Um, because these guys, these athletes, right? They, they want it to be, I guess, kind of their story instead of Schefter breaking the news that he's retiring. So I think this is just trying to save face and buy some time. And Brady will still make the official announcement at some point. But I also say the alternative, and I guess it would also mean that he's retiring anyways, is also that if the idea, because a lot of people have been talking about this since that last game or even before the game. I mean, this was one of the biggest topics this last week, and people were analyzing his comments and past interviews on what does it mean. So part of this could also just be that um, if you believe it's going to happen, uh, kind of the, the ugly side of reporting of always trying to be first and Schefter just trying to get out ahead of it. Um, expecting Brady to retire at some point, kind of like the whole Rodgers thing on draft day last year. Uh, But I do think he is going to retire. He just didn't like how the news came out, and now his camp is trying to stall or buy time until he can do it his way. You know, the thing, Tony Romo said this on CBS Mornings on Friday, and I think he's on to something. And I'm curious your perspective, Luke, as a broadcaster, because you've talked to so many college and and minor league players, coaches, you know, staff members, et cetera. It's a grind. I I think you would agree, Luke, that a lot of people don't understand how much of a grind it is. And there are discussions that have to be had when the, with the proper parties about when to step away. And Romo's point was that if they had won that game against um, the Rams and ultimately went on and won the Super Bowl, Brady would be motivated to come back to win three straight and be able to do something that he had never done. But because he lost, there is nothing more for Tom Brady to do. 
And I thought it was really interesting because it does seem odd for the greatest champion from the quarterback position football has ever seen to walk away after losing, walking away on a last-second kick, walking away after a monumental comeback. But I think Romo's point makes sense. So what say you? Yeah, I see that angle. I was on your I'm kind of in your uh, camp, though, that I thought, you know, last year after you win the Super Bowl, go out on top. Very few players have been able to do that. Elway is one of the few. Uh, yeah. Manning, but even he wasn't really on. He was on top in terms of winning a Super Bowl, but not in terms of his ability. Michael last Strahan. I could do it. Recently, M- Michael Strahan recently did it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Strahan as well. Um, but I'm with you. I did not think that Brady, yeah, the ultimate competitor, uh, would want to leave after what happened last week, where he brings the team back and you lose in a heartbreaker, and then to think like, okay, that's it. I thought the competitive drive would only be even more motivated after a game like that to come back and try to uh, not end on that. Try to do something better next year. So. And I also think, and it may come off wrong or whatever, but, uh, you know, like if Brady didn't have a family, I think he's back next year, no doubt. I think the big thing, of course, is just about spending time with the family or his wife has talked about the amount of hits he takes or, you know, potential concussions, so the concern about his safety. And obviously I think that's what weighs heavily on the decision. Otherwise, if it was strictly up to Tom and just the idea of do you want to play football or not, I think he's continuing to play. It's more about, you know, being a father and a husband now at this point after all these years in the NFL. Um, All right, let's move on to the teams that we'll be playing today. The way that I look at Cincinnati and Kansas City is this, especially since Cincinnati beat them on a spectacular day from Joe Burrow in Week 17. Kansas, uh, sorry, Cincinnati kicked way too many field goals last week. Kansas City gave up way too many yards last week. Can Joe Burrow keep himself calm in a big spot, not turn the ball over, and score six instead of three? If that does not happen, I think Kansas City wins this game easily. Yeah, I've talked myself into being very confident Kansas City is going to win the game. And the question for me is just become, can the Bengals hang in there? And I think they can. I do agree with you. You're going to need touchdowns. You know, that's the concerning thing about the Bengals. Joe Burrow has played well, and this has been a remarkable run for Cincinnati. And we saw what they were able to do offensively in the regular season, especially against this Chiefs team. But I think it's one in the playoffs. I think it's one touchdown in the last 18 possessions, I think it is. I mean, the offense hasn't been great these two playoff games. It's really been the defense holding the Raiders to, what was it, 19 points, uh, and then the, the Titans to 16. And I just don't think you're going to be able to do that against Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City today. So I know what this offense is capable of. I saw what the offense did against the Chiefs just a month ago and actually beat them, even though nobody gives the Bengals much respect today, and maybe I'm doing the same. But as good of a story as it's been for the Bengals and as good of a regular season as it was for that offense, Joe Burrow will be my MVP. Uh, at the same time, more recently, more importantly, these last two weeks in the playoffs, this offense, I mean, Joe Burrow got sacked nine times last week. Uh, so the offense needs to be a lot better today for Cincinnati and maybe against this defense they'll be able to. Um, but I think Mahomes and the Chiefs will get their points. I'm just wondering if the Bengals can do their part offensively to hang in there. How much do you give this notion that Joe Burrow has played in loud SEC venues, he's played in the biggest stages, and this is nothing for him? 
yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I've heard other players say something similar, uh, you know, referencing the college atmosphere being tougher. Um, I forget who it was. I've heard so many people, you know, break these games down. Some former quarterback said that Kansas City and Seattle were the two toughest places they ever played. So I think the SEC may prepare Joe to a certain degree, so he's not completely shell-shocked. But with that said, I don't think it's going to match what you're dealing with today with the trip to the Super Bowl on the line in Kansas City with that passionate fan base. I don't think Burrow's going to be some sort of shell shock type of quarterback out there because he's, I mean, he's played in the national, he's been in big moments. Uh, but I also, at the same time, don't think that the SEC is held or should be held higher than Arrowhead today when it comes to uh, environment. I think this could be something different for Burrow. Um, one last thing on this game. How concerned, I sound like uh, a radio show host here, which this kind of, you know, th- this this kind of is and isn't at the same time. If, if I was a fan of the Chiefs, I'd be concerned about how many yards they're giving up and how many points they're giving up. And yes, not having Tyron Matthew last week was a big impact of that. And, and a big contributor to that, I should say. If you are a fan of the Chiefs, and you're looking ahead, if you're like you who think this game is going to be comfortable and it's a win and you're looking ahead and you have to face either San Francisco or Los Angeles, especially if it's the Rams, in my opinion, how concerned would you be about the amount of yards they're giving up and points they're giving up, or is this the modern NFL? Yeah, I think it's the modern NFL. I was having this conversation with somebody during the week after what we saw last week, especially in that Chiefs-Bills game at the end of the game. I mean, the defense didn't stand a chance. I think we've swung too far, and I don't know what the NFL could really do about it, but it's just such an offensive league now. I will say for today's matchup for the Chiefs and their defense, even though I was very pro-Kansas City in my opening remarks in this game, if I talk outside of, uh, uh, if I talk out of both sides of my mouth a little bit, the Chiefs play a lot of man defense, and Joe Burrow was the number one quarterback against man defense this year. And when they played the first time, Burrow went 10 for 10 when the Chiefs tried to blitz him. So even though I just voiced my concern for the Bengals' offense and what they have to do today, at the same time, maybe this is just a good matchup for Joe Burrow, which takes me back to your question that if you're a Chiefs fan and you see your defense struggle today, especially if Honey Badger is not out there, he's not 100%, whatever the deal is with him, um, I don't know if, if I would be overly concerned in a win because, yes, A, that's just the NFL today. The, the Bills were the number one defense in the league. They gave up 42 points last week. It just doesn't matter. And then, B, maybe this is actually a good matchup for Cincinnati offensively, which therefore makes the Chiefs' defense uh, look worse today because we know football is all about matchups. And in the Super Bowl, things could be different. Was that stat courtesy of Next Gen Stats presented by Amazon Web Services, AWS? It may have been. I will be honest with you. I wish I could credit where I get a lot of the stats from, but I read so much. I have no idea where I saw that. Let's just say it's a Next Gen Stat presented by AWS. Sure. Um, for, for, for the sake of this show. All right, let, let's move to the National Football Conference and their championship game at SoFi today between the San Francisco 49ers and the Los Angeles Rams. The way that I look at this game is, D- is A, Debo Samuel's health, B, Cam Akers and Kenny run the ball like 8 billion times, and C, when they make Jimmy Garoppolo throw it, um, can he make the passes that he made in the Week 18 game? That's how I look at it from a football standpoint, okay? And now let's let's cut... You know, if this is TV, cut to a different shot. 
Joe Buck and Troy Aikman said on multiple podcasts this week that they were stunned 20 years together in the booth for Fox at how many 49er fans infiltrated SoFi in week 18 and how loud it got. And it was 55-45 49er fans. And that Matthew Stafford had to go to silent count as they tried to win the game. And the fact that the Rams tried to restrict tickets to Southern California zip codes this week and were rejected and had to open it up to everybody. I really think that who is in this crowd, and I'm not talking about celebrities, who is in this crowd could actually matter in this game. I really do. Because if you're forcing your own quarterback at home to go silent count, that's troubling. And if you're the Rams, this is not Pittsburgh. This is not Green Bay. This is not one of those franchises that, you know, travels all over and is going to find a way. Yes, San, Fran- uh, yes, San Francisco is a national brand. But, and yes, they infiltrated MetLife Stadium when I was there. So I've, I've, I've seen it. But the Jets stink and stunk that year. This is a really good Rams team. And for them to not get the support and to let other fans infiltrate their stadium, rightly so. But I'm just saying, that's a troubling sign if you're the Rams. And I cannot imagine how they had to practice this week as a result, Luke. Yeah, that's probably what happens when you move around, too. That doesn't help. And then you yeah. go to L.A. and there's all sorts of other teams. And, yeah, I think it will be like a Niners home game today. And that's not good for, for the Rams. You know, the Niners are trying to win four straight games on the road, uh, which hasn't been done since 1966. But this will help because this probably won't feel like, a, if anything, it'll probably be like a neutral site game. if not really a home game once again, like week 18. So, you know, this is big. You're in this spot. You're the Rams. You're supposed to have that tough home field advantage that someone's going to come to. And whether it's the lack of travel for the Niners or the lack of Rams fans, um, this this won't be probably much of a disadvantage for San Francisco. Just to also maybe put it into um, perspective or, or for this game, you know, I think you could always learn from uh, Vegas certain things about the game, even if you're not a gambler. And Vegas has the look-ahead line for the Super Bowl. They have uh, the Rams as a one-and-a-half-point underdog to the Chiefs and the 49ers as a two-and-a-half-point underdog which tells you that on a neutral field, they believe there's a one-point difference between those two. Um, I would say, again, this is probably a neutral field or maybe even a Niners home field, which Vegas would tell you that these two teams are are pretty even. So when you remove any sort of home field advantage, you get a pretty even matchup here. My point being, I think that's how big of an impact it could have. We usually talk about, you know, three points or home field advantage. Uh, the Rams won't have that today, so it's it's a much more even matchup for these two, even though this game is in L.A., and I expect more Niners fans than Rams fans to be there today. From the X's and O's standpoint now, sorry, I, I, I started that way. I should have started with the fans and then went to X's and O's. From an X's and O's perspective, your thoughts? Um, yeah, you know, for Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think people are harder on Garoppolo than he deserves is, is he a great quarterback no maybe not you know but he's done things in the past he's won some shootouts he's made some big throws he's gotten this team to a super bowl but- let me stop you right there for a second if i can luke yeah. he's supposed to be the the heir apparent to tom brady as the greatest quarterback in the history of mankind he's the king he's been anointed chiefs of every city in america 
that I think is the reputation of being honest. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously exaggerating, but I think the reputation on him is that he is this great thing mentored by the greatest of all time who's supposed to ride on, you know, uh, you know, ride up top and be able to be the Messiah. Yeah, I guess it doesn't help. Uh, coming from New England, that's probably done him in. And even playing for Kyle Shanahan, uh, you expect a quarterback to, you know, Matt Ryan had an MVP season for Shanahan. When you play with that type of mind and that offense, it's supposed to be a quarterback's best friend. Um, but I think Garoppolo is obviously at his best when you have the run game going, and you can build the passing game off of play action and bootleg and this and that. He doesn't have to do so much. So um, to try to be able to run it against the Rams, uh, of course, you know, Eli Mitchell, Debo Samuel in the backfield, like you mentioned, those are the guys to certainly keep an eye on. I don't think Garoppolo is going to have a huge passing day, but he's going to have to make some big throws. And I'll also say, for the disrespect to Jimmy Garoppolo, when he's an underdog, He's 15-5 and five straight up. He's won 15 of 20 games in his career as an underdog, which is actually the best winning percentage of any quarterback in the Super Bowl era. So he continues to be doubted, and yet he continues to win some important games, even if it's mostly because of the pieces around him. But also, that would mean he doesn't screw it up. And I think Stafford's played so well this postseason, but a lot of people are expecting, you know, thinking he's due for one of those blow-up games or just waiting for the other shoe to drop. So today... If I were to tell you who had the higher chance of kind of blowing up this game in a negative, I think it's actually Stafford I could see throwing a few interceptions where Garoppolo is the you know safer player today, keeps the team on schedule, doesn't make the big mistakes. And Stafford, maybe in the biggest game of his career, feels the moment and you know has some sort of costly mistake today that could cost the rest. <laughs> this is a big moment. I mean, they traded all these pieces. They have no draft picks for one reason and one reason only, to get to the Super Bowl. Plain and simple. And this is the day to do that. This is the day to make that happen. Look, we're getting the end of our radio program. Aww. So, uh, in, in my mind, there's not a game to watch golf during. I do want to remind folks what I said on your show tomorrow, Midday Show, ESPN Radio, 98.9 FM, charlestonsportsradio.com. <clears throat> Weekdays, 12 to 3 p.m. Eastern time. You'll see me on there Wednesday at 1 Eastern to talk about Luke List win at the Farmers Insurance Open. The Farmers Insurance Invitational on the APGA Tour, the Advocates Professional Golf Association Tour, is today at 5 over on Golf Channel. Just, just take a peek. Um, so support these guys. Very important. So it's not the game to watch golf during, uh, but, but just... Uh, switch the channel at halftime of uh, of uh, the NFC cha- uh, of the AFC Championship. Sorry, and support these guys. And then once the AFC Championship ends in that half hour window, if you haven't already, check them out. Check them out. High quality golf coming your way from Torrey Pines South in La Jolla, California. So on that note, we have two games. We need to make two picks, Luke. That's that's basically it. There's no sleeper game, obviously. Um, there's there's no better game because um, we're at that time of year where those categories go away on this show. It's just what you think. I think we're headed towards a Kansas City Los Angeles Super Bowl. Uh, I think Kansas City's better. I think Cincinnati's going to hang around for a while, but I think it's one slip up from Joe Burrow, um, and I think that Cam Akers is going to run his way to the towards the promised land. For the Rams. Your thoughts, Luke Morrow? Yeah, I'm going Chiefs Niners rematch of the Super Bowl two years ago. Uh, the uh, 
Yeah, the Chiefs are just better than the Bengals. Uh, the Bengals have been a great story. I think the run ends now. It, usually you have to build your way up to these moments when you get to the playoffs. And the fact that Joe Burrow has even gotten here is remarkable, but I don't think he's ready to go play in a Super Bowl yet in year two. I mean, still think it's a fun game tonight, but the Chiefs win. And I'm going to go with the, uh, the 49ers over the Rams. Um, seventh straight win for San Francisco against the Rams. They're just uh, playing really good football. They've won 9 of 11. They've been battle-tested. They've won a lot of those games on the road. They beat the Rams twice this year. They came back down 17 to beat the Rams. As I said earlier, I'd have a bigger concern actually about Stafford making the big mistake today than Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, And Shanahan has owned his former uh, protege, Sean McVay, the Rams score 18 points per game against the Niners, only 18. They average to score nine more points against everybody else. So Shanahan has that secret sauce over McVay. I think the Niners win today, and we get a rematch from two years ago. Uh, we shall see if who, which one of us is right, because we do disagree on that NFC Championship game. Your person or player or people or whatever you want to say uh, to watch today. Yeah, I just tipped my hand. I think it's Sean McVay. Uh, people that I know have made the case, you know, Matt Stafford has the most pressure. I think McVay has more pressure because he's the coach. And also, Stafford, this is his first year. Uh, McVay, as I said, lost six straight against Shanahan, which is the longest losing streak in this rivalry in an over 23 years. Uh, now today, you're at home, biggest game of the year. You had a chance to keep the Niners out of this by just holding on to that win or that lead in Week 18, and you blew it. McVay can get conservative like we saw last week in the second half. I think all the pressure's on McVay today. you got to beat Shanahan. Otherwise, if you lose seven straight to him and your offense scuffles a little bit again today, it's a bad look for this, you know, this boy wonder offensive genius who can't beat his former boss. Love it. I absolutely love it. Um, my, my person or player to watch today is the stands in that game, as I said earlier. Um, can be fascinating what kind of a crowd that is. This is a big wake up to the city of Los Angeles if 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 this gets infiltrated by 49er fans. Really big heads up, a uh, wake up call, not heads up, a wake up call. So, that's that, Luke. Hey, can't wait. I think we get two uh keep your fingers crossed, two good games. Going to be hard to live up to last week, but we'll see what happens. 3 p.m. Eastern Time, CBS for the AFC Championship game. Uh, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox for the NFC Championship games. Uh, A game, both games, presented by Intuit TurboTax Live. Luke, enjoy your football Sunday. Thank you, you too. And enjoy your football Sunday, everybody.